welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, and good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening to this. This is a bonus episode of From Checkered to Green, uh, focusing today on the upcoming 2022 NASCAR Cup schedule. Um, there was um, a lot of notes and a lot of news um, that came out of the, the schedule um, or the, the planned schedule for next year. And we wanted to sit down and talk about it um, and share our thoughts and what this means for the series. Also bearing in mind that we've got a new build of car coming out next year and what all this means going forward. And if we can tie some business in with that, then we will. Um, but gentlemen, let's talk about the 2022 schedule. Um, it is, in my opinion, as is, it's one of the most difficult schedules in all of motorsports or all of sports in general. MLB, NBA, NHL, doesn't matter. Um, I think NASCAR historically has been a, a very difficult series just to um, be able to make it a full season um, as a driver or a team member. I think speaks exceptionally to those people's perseverance. Um, but 2022, I think is going to be a test of even the most grizzled veteran within the garage. Um, we have a, um, a series that starts uh, the first weekend in February, uh, February 6th with the, the clash in Los Angeles at the, uh, the Coliseum and ends on the first weekend in November. Uh, so, early February to early November um, at, uh, at Phoenix Raceway. And in between um, those, those two bookends of the season, there is one, count them, one off weekend. So I have a lot of thoughts on, the, on that basis. Um, but, um, but yeah, like I said before, we're, the, the season starts with the clash, which historically has been at Daytona. Um, and this coming year, they're going to be moving the clash from Daytona to um, a purpose-built quarter-mile track inside of the Los Angeles Coliseum in Los Angeles, California. So um, let's, uh, I'd say let's start there um, and just go around the horn, get everyone's thoughts initially on that. And then um, just, you know, overall thoughts on the, the, the schedule as I've kind of offered mine already. So um, David, you want to go next? So I, I got to say about the, the clash and, and let's definitely talk about the clash first. I, you know, Elliot, we, we've talked about it, you know, NASCAR trying to go back to the grassroots <clears throat> and what they did grassroots wise. I mean, where, where was grassroots? Well, it was these tracks inside these stadiums. I mean, the civic stadium in Buffalo, um, Bowman Gray Stadium, Greenville Pickens. I mean, these tracks that were that had football fields. Heck, they even raced around Soldier Field in, in, back in the day. So, I mean, it, it definitely is a grassroots movement that you know they're, they're definitely trying to bring back what is. But I think a couple of the interesting things uh, with the clash is one, it's a week earlier. 
because of the Super Bowl, we, we talked about that in previous episodes on how they were going to juggle that. So what did they do? They took what would have been Super Bowl Sunday. Um, this could be a primetime event on Sunday night. It could be really huge for Fox. This may be the reason, I mean, you know, they've had Super Bowls in the LA Coliseum. It's where USC plays. So this is really interesting that they went there. But what else did they do? They opened it up to all the teams. Instead of just restricting it, they opened it up to all the teams. They're going to do heats. They're going to do a feature. This is, I, I will say, I am quite a little interested in this. Um, I like to see how it goes, but I think it's a good way for NASCAR to to do that. And I I just think because with it, because you have to think this year the 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 2020 Super Bowl is in LA or is at LA also. So what a great way to kick off Super Bowl week in L.A. at SoFi Stadium with a NASCAR race on Fox. Um, I believe Fox has the broadcast. No, it's NBC who has the broadcast this year for the Super Bowl. So... I believe Fox will, will have the broadcast, but who says NBC doesn't try to say, hey, we got the Super Bowl. We're in L.A. Why do you have it on NBC this year? So it will be very interesting to see who broadcasts it, but see how they tie the Super Bowl into it. I think this is an opportunity for, for NASCAR to gain some fans who are NFL fans who normally wouldn't follow NASCAR. Ryan? If they don't make any attempt to do that, it would be one of the great wasted opportunities in sports history as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's basically handing you the opportunity on a silver platter. And it would be completely foolish to not take full advantage. Because by that point, most of the eyes of the sports world will be on LA. They could do wonderful things with that. That would be a partnership that could do not but make a profit. They couldn't help it. And, and frankly, and, sorry, I mean, it would, be a, it would be a great way to drum up fans in both directions. So seriously, anybody within the decision-making hierarchy can blips this on their radar. Take advantage, please. And, and take a page from IndyCar when the Super Bowl was in Indianapolis. What did they do? They presented 33 IndyCars with all the team's logos on it. One for each team, plus one for the NFL. Who says, who says that they, you know, say, hey, we got the Super Bowl. Why each driver racing, we get... 32 drivers each has a either a wears a helmet to that looks like the team's helmet or 
has a team's logo on there to represent, you know, to, to kind of say, Hey, NFL, we support you. Come support us. So that's a, that's, you know, just the brain turning here. I see both of your points, but I'm going to take a little bit of a contrarian point of view here. Um, we need to remember that the Los Angeles market um, or the Southern California market, at least, um, has historically, quite frankly, not done well. It hasn't. We don't race at Ontario anymore. We don't race at Riverside anymore, right? Yeah. And if I remember right, Riverside actually was the season opener for a period of time way back in the day. Yeah, that, so, that's true. Yep. And Ontario yeah. used to be the, the track that ended it. Yep. And we don't go to any of them anymore. And Fontana has, quite frankly, I think, been on life support for years now. Remember, it was that track where um, they made the infamous excuse about fans taking advantage of the amazing shopping on the midway as to why there were so few people in the stands watching the actual race. So, and the fact that they're about to give that track a major facelift from a two mile D shaped oval to uh, a short track of some kind speaks to the level of effort they are trying to make this facility uh, something that people want to come out to. So, um, you know, I heard the door bumper clear guys say that Los Angeles is a huge market for them. That may be true, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Sorry. You know, when, when you're going, when you've had track after track after track, not do well and close, what's that say? So there's that. The other thing is, I think that, you know, that if they want to take this thing and go short track with it, go take the exhibition race and go short track with it, then, okay, you know, I, I, they're, they're trying a whole bunch of different things these days. And by and large, I'm okay with that. But this here, taking all of the teams go way out across the country to run an exhibition race. I mean, yes, back you know, years ago, they used to have testing out in uh, Vegas, I think it was at the end of January, right? And so you would have teams out there, but that was, if I remember right, that was a multi-day deal. Yeah. Multi-day event. No, well, so, that was like Daytona was a multi-day event for testing. Right. So, um, but you're going to bring everybody out there and then you're going to bring everybody back and then go down to Daytona and go from the shortest of short tracks with no banking on it to Daytona. Now, again, this is the Gen, I think, Gen 7 car. Is that what well, we're on it's now? Next, it'll be the next Gen car, yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, how much they'll be able to, whether or not they'll be able to take a car that runs Los Angeles and run Daytona with it, you know, it will be interesting to see. Maybe some of the, the smaller budget teams, maybe that's something that, they consider doing but i question whether or not you're going to see a gibbs a hendrick a penske um a track house do that so there's that if you're gonna run 
a short track exhibition race, then to me, I think you need to, to do it somewhere close by. Um, Corey LaJoy tweeted something that was very interesting. And then he, not long after that, tweeted his full-throated support for this idea of running the, the exhibition race in Los Angeles. So, you know, I, I respect his opinion. Um, but at the same time, he made a really interesting point about the evolution of the schedule and what it's translated to geographically over the years. And specifically, it was that we've become, as a series, much more geographically diverse in recent years than we were, you know, during the heyday of the expansion era back in the early and mid 90s, when you had a lot of races um, centered around the Southeast, right? And so if we're going to do that, um, or if we're going to run a short track, then I think that's probably where it should be. Let's run it somewhere in the Southeast and let's run it somewhere where um, maybe they can build, a, you know, a, a regional short track event out of it, right? When I say regional short track event, I'm talking about something like the Snowball Derby or the Chili Bowl, right? Um, mm -hmm. Where it's, you know, high visibility and, uh, you know, the, the prize payout is pretty big, right? And you get a lot of people come around from all over the place. And in the case of the Snowball Derby, you know, you get a lot of, you've started to see a lot of, of interest from, from NASCAR drivers in particular in recent years, both as drivers and owners of the super late model cars that run at that event. So um, I saw something from Gary St. Amant who noted that um, there are precious few of those profitable regional short track events these days. And so, okay, if we're talking about the grassroots, if we're talking about going back to, you know, the old school of motorsport, then why are we not running at, you know, a local track somewhere here in the Southeast that can be run in conjunction with some of these other uh, short track series that can do something to, to benefit the grassroots of racing here in the Southeast. I, I, I agree with your point, Elliot, but I, what one point I'm going to bring up is what if this isn't co coincidence that they went out to LA because of what the NFL did to them and Daytona and took that prime slot saying, oh, we're going to expand 17 weeks, but we don't want to start college football season, but we'll mess with the NASCAR season, you know, and they're out in L.A. Next year, the Super Bowl's in Arizona. Do they go to Phoenix? Year after that, Las Vegas. Do they run the clash the week before? I mean, could this also be a move to say, hey, NFL, you messed with what was our was our super, considered our Super Bowl date, and we're going to you know we we've had to adjust to you already once when you pushed it back into February. So you know we're gonna we're gonna take this date. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl, so you know I 
I think we got to see what happens with it and see what comes out the following year. You know, what's their intentions? Are they going to be at LA Coliseum every single year? Are they going to go to a different short track like a Bowman Gray or, or Southeast, which I agree with that they should be there? Or are they going to say, hey, let's go out to Phoenix and let's invade that market? You have to remember there, you know, the NFL does draw more than NASCAR. Mm-hmm. So you want to try get viewers back? and steal something, then that may be the way to do it. Sometimes you might have to play hardball. It may not be the, the, you know, it may not be the best thing on paper, but if you're trying to play some hardball here with, with the NFL and, you know, get them to, you know, back you know it it would be great if the nfl opened up on labor day weekend it's labor day weekend but what they're scared about is that they wouldn't get viewership because of college football people take trips well guess what nascar is is competitive and they're gonna try to get ratings especially when they've got a contract with fox you know, how's that, you know, how's that play out next year? Fox has the Super Bowl. It would be perfect for Fox to say, hey, we're going to go race in Arizona. You guess what? You've got you, you, you can have people who work on the Super Bowl crew help us out cover the clash at, Arizona, at Phoenix. So I, you know, I just don't I. I wonder if there's a little bit more into this um, than what what may be going on. Um, it may be a strategic move from a business standpoint, but I, I, I but I do have some other thoughts about the schedule. I do want to get to, but I didn't mean to cut you off right there. Not a problem. Yeah, we'll get to them in a minute. And I'll be curious to hear what Ryan thinks too. But um, to respond to some points that you made, David, um, the I think the litmus test is going to be, do they get 60, 70,000 people at this event? If they do, then we're going back there in 2023. Because, you know, they've, they've started to build on some decent attendance here in, in you know, the last year or two. But if you get that for a quarter mile race and you're able to do that consistently, okay, now we've got something to talk about and I will be stood corrected. And that's fine. That, that's why it's perfect for the week of, of the Super Bowl because they have that off week beforehand. That is true. But um, it's also worth noting too. I heard this on Door Bumper Clear the other day. Um, it was intimated in a recent episode that they, um, the, way the I guess like the power dynamic or the the structure works in terms of what NASCAR wants to see and what TV wants to see might actually the scales might be more um, more on the side of TV at this point and I have that informs some other things in the schedule later but um, so maybe this is one of those things where TV said hey 
let's try this. And by this, I mean specifically, you know, taking Bowman Gray and taking it out to uh, Los Angeles. So we'll see, um, you know, whether or not they're, they're able to translate that into the NFL or not, uh, you know, or draw some people from, from the NFL. That's, that's a really good question. That's a market that NASCAR has tried to play on for years and years and years and not to its benefit either. I don't think, um, you know, with trying to, you know, I would argue artificially create what they call game seven moments, right. With the, the playoffs and all that, um, and completely changing how they award championships in NASCAR because of that, um, you know, based on the, some of these playoff structures that stick in ball sports, um, mm-hmm. you know, have traditionally done well with that hasn't been, that's been to NASCAR's detriment. Um, so I think if they're squaring off with, with the NFL, then that's going to go one way and one way only. And it's not going to end well for NASCAR. I don't think, um, Ryan, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. Well, in that Elliot, you and I agree. NASCAR does not want to try to play hardball with the NFL. That's in no scenario. Is that going to play out well for NASCAR? And I think deep down in their heart of hearts, NASCAR knows that. Now they can use this, you know, serendipitous uh, lineup of events in LA to, you know, give themselves a nice little bolster, as I mentioned in comments previous. But the one thing you mentioned, Dave, I disagree with that strategy. Following them around year to year, that's not going to work. That's not a very good decision because instead of looking like, you know, them trying to have a, you know, a bolstered sporting events throughout the entire week, it's going to look like they're trying to ride the coattails of the NFL. Well, if it, they, if it tries to get them a few more viewers, it might work out. I, I agree. It, it would be a dangerous strategy. And it probably won't work well, but in the end, if it if if it gets them a few more viewers, if they could, you know, turn it in. I mean, what what they need to do is they they would need to do something that kind of caters to the NFL on that. And if they show that they've got representative with that, I mean, we know the Pro Bowl's a bust. It's been a bust for years. Nobody watches it the week before. It's a joke. This might be an event that the NFL could say, hmm, you know, you know, we we could, you know, we could work with something here. But again, it could be a bad strategy too. I I agree. It, It could, it wouldn't end well. But it may, you know, it could be something that, hey, we've got some viewers we can tap into. Let's try to do something. I mean, how, how often do, do two sporting organizations come together? I mean, look at NASCAR and IndyCar finally pairing up to do, do double headers together. I mean... Why not try to reach out to another sport? Especially 
when during the preseason, a Carolina Panthers football game takes over, takes preference over a NASCAR race in, in, a, in the North Carolina area. That's true. Um, but to your, to think about this, um, the NASCAR IndyCar pairing works well because we're talking about motorsports in some general manner, right? So there's general interest amongst the fan base, be it whether or not they're going there to see NASCAR and then they, oh, by the way, there's IndyCar, this looks interesting or vice versa. So there's that. Um, in terms of, you know, NASCAR and NFL, uh, you know, crossing paths. But I think this is a, 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 personally, I think this is a one-off thing. And, you know, to, to Ryan's point, I don't think it, it will be beneficial in the longer term if that's a strategy that NASCAR, you know, employs, um, you know, around Super Bowl time. Mm-hmm. But who? But look, who's part of the NFL that's in NASCAR? Joe Gibbs. You've had true. you've had people from the NFL get into NASCAR. Terry Bradshaw, Randy Moss. I mean, you you do get these people in there. You get athletes in there. So right. there, I just I I just think I you know I. Don't know what NASCAR's game is. It, it, this could be a strategy that they could play from a business standpoint. It's definitely an option to look into. I mean, I don't, I just think that it, it's just really odd that the week before the Super Bowl in LA, that they're at the LA Coliseum. I just think it's just odd that it's that they chose that the week before and the Super Bowl's in LA this year. That I will agree with you on. So that's my point on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to uh, some other parts of the schedule. Um, and, you know, we talked before about, um, you know, maybe some intimation that TV is kind of driving some things. Um, and the fact that we're sacrificing a, a race weekend at Bristol for another go at um, a dirt weekend on Bristol. Um, I know there was some suggestion on the door bumper clear podcast recently that this is another example of that. Um, and you know, it's a, again, another, I think, uh, tragic mismanagement on the part of NASCAR that we aren't going to a purpose built dirt track. And I'm thinking specifically of Eldora or heck maybe even somewhere like a Ducoin, but the fact of the matter is that they had um, an excellent inroad with Eldora, with Tony Stewart, and then that that all went sideways as epically as it did. Kind of speaks, I think, to um, you know where we are with that, and the fact that we're going to Bristol and sacrificing, you know, what has you know what we just finished seeing there, you know, a great. Uh, a great race race weekend across all the different series. And we're going back there as a, as a dirt weekend. So there's that Uh, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on this? So we're 
Um, so with, with Bristol, I I gotta gotta say this is that um, with so I, I I've said this previous episode. I'm gonna refer back to Super Dirt Week Gas We Go Speedway. The first year they did that, they converted it to a dirt track to run that week. It was poor. The track was terrible. It was coming apart. They were having issues. Well, the year after, they figured out what to do. They kicked the race of champions out. They took the extra time to develop the track better, rebuild it better. So they learned their lessons. And they already said they were going to do dirt the year before, you know, this year at the at Bristol. They announced it during that race. So they're so they they kind of said, okay, they're doing it. You know, and you kind of gotta stick to it. You know, you said it, just stick to it. See if you can make it better, improve it, see how the track comes. My issue is and, and I'm willing to give it one more year. My issue is the date they're running it. Easter Sunday. Easter night, and you're putting an off weekend on Father's Day, there is absolute no way that that there's certain holidays you should not be having any type of sporting event on. Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, I mean, has football, but that's, that's always been a tradition. But Christmas, Easter, should not be days you schedule a car race. And I have issue with that. I think this is going to blow up in their face. I think it's going to be an embarrassment. I don't think you're going to get fans who are going to come out to this because this is a time, you know, Easter is a time that you spend with family. Um, it's, you know, it's, you know, I, I know the Masters has sometimes played on Easter, but they don't usually schedule it around then. Once in a while, it falls out there, but they try to stay away from that. The PGA does. So I think it's, it's going to be a disaster. I, I think it's a disaster this year for that. Ryan? Well, the date of the event notwithstanding... Let's take a look at the time of year they decided to put that in. What's that one particular weather phenomenon that April is often associated with? Snow. Okay. How about what weather phenomenon it's associated with in most of the world besides, you know, us unfortunate New York people? Uh, I believe the word is showers, April showers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Given the high likelihood of that particular weather around the Bristol area that time of year, I'd really like to know which genius thought, hey, let's put a dirt track then. Because what could possibly go wrong? Well, I'm not going to take up the entire podcast with that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the issues they had, yeah. Yeah. Elliot, yeah. Yep. Now, David, you and I are thinking the exact same thing. They had, yeah major major problems uh this this last the first time that they tried to run a dirt race at bristol there was flash flooding they had you know flooding on the property they had to delay it a, a day just on that basis 
So, um, you know, Ryan, you know, your, your point is very much in line with what has already been observed at this very facility at this very race. And then there's not also not counting the matter of severe weather, which is also pretty common in this part of the country this time of year too. And that goes for them and for Talladega, which happens to be the following Sunday. So, so I'll put it this way, looking at the schedule, they had Father's Day weekend off. We know that's a popular weekend with NASCAR. They've, they've had good races on there. You, why not put the, the, the weekend after you're at Nashville? Why not do Bristol in June? You've got Bristol there. You can keep the haulers there. It's a short drive back to North Carolina if you have to. And then you go back to Nashville or bring a couple extra cars, stay in Bristol, then drive to Nashville. You're in the same state. But I just, I, my beef is more the date and the time. Who's going to what? You know, I'm sorry. But my family dinner, Easter dinner, is in the evening. I ain't mm-hmm. watching, not on Easter Sunday. And it'll be interesting to see what the DVR stats are on it. That's for oh, sure. It, it, I think it's going to be a flop. I, I think this, it, it's a bad decision. Yeah. I mean, it, um, you know, the first one, you know, they, do it, do it there were some growing pains with it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah, do a Saturday night, uh, you know, dirt race. It doesn't get more old school than that. You know, Saturday night, you what, what? You're going up against the, the Saturday before Easter, what? The thing you're going up against. ABC's playing of the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. That's all you're going up with. So, you know, with the bad taste in the mouth of last year's race, people might actually choose that. Well, I, I'm sorry, it's a bit harsh to say, but it, if that, the weather true. causes a repeat performance of last year, you're going to piss off a lot of NASCAR but, fans. But again, you but the one thing you have to remember is that it's been so many years since they actually had a dirt race at Bristol. With, with the outlaws, you know, in the early 2000s. So yep. they, you know, you, you, you learn, you figure it out, you figure out how to make the track better. That's fine. But again, th- that date just doesn't work. Um, you know, I, you, you shouldn't be running Easter Sunday. They've always had Easter Sunday off. But now they're yeah. going to take Father's Day off? Yeah. What what gives? Who who made that decision? Well, there again, I question how much of it was decided upon by NASCAR brass, and how much of it was decided for them by other uh, entities, TV, etc. So there is that too. I think I, uh, everybody in those fields share a little bit of the guilt for this. Yeah. I mean, well, go ahead. It, it, it's it's just a mess. It, it, it's going to be a mess that weekend. I just mm-hmm. don't see. I just don't see the turnout being 
what it, it, it should be for that. I, I don't think you're drawing all those fans for a Sunday night race. One is, um, you know, a, a Sunday night race, um, you know, it, you know, you're definitely not getting young viewers because I hate to say it, but in each state, April break is different. It's either leading up to Easter or it is the week after Easter, but you can't guarantee you're going to get young fans. It's, you know, I, I just think, I, I think they, they're shooting, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot with this. Yep. Oh, they're definitely shooting themselves in the foot with this one. Unfortunately, they're going to have to learn it the hard way this next year. So yep. they've already shot two toes off. So let's see if we can find out where they can shoot three more off. I'm sure we can find well, something. Also, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. Taxes. Yeah. Well, there's that too. Um, so there's the I'll, third toe. I'll, I'll give you. I'll I'll give you four and five right here. Number oh. four. Um, the amount of travel that the teams are going to have to do this year. When you look at where they're going to have to go, and remember, most if not all of these weekends, these teams and the haulers are coming back to Charlotte, you know, or wherever they're based, generally speaking in the greater Charlotte, North Carolina area, to swap out cars, swap out equipment, and then turn right back around and get back on the road again. Okay, so let's, let's look at this. We start in Los Angeles, okay? Then we go to Daytona. Then the following week, we go to California, Fontana. And the following week is Vegas. Then the following week after that is Phoenix. Then we go to Atlanta. Then we go to Texas for Circuit of the Americas. And, you know, how good of a race that'll be, we shall see. Um, there's still some question marks after last year, but I digress. Then we go to Richmond. Then we go to Martinsville. Okay. Then Bristol. So we're keeping it fairly close talladegas the following week then dover then darlington so you know that actually might be a relatively easier stretch weather notwithstanding which you know we'll get to that in a second then we go to kansas then we go to texas um then we come back to charlotte then we go back out to st louis for uh, gateway then we go to sonoma california um then to nashville then to wisconsin then to Atlanta again, then we go to New Hampshire, then we go to Pocono, then we go to Indy, then we go to Michigan, then we go right up the hill to, to Richmond, then we go to the Glen, uh, then we ended in Daytona, then it's Darlington, Kansas, Bristol, round one, Texas, Talladega, the Roval for round two, round three is Vegas, Homestead, martinsville so not too far of a drive there but then you go out to, to phoenix for the end of the uh the season and again there's only one off weekend in there you're gonna need probably you know most teams have two dedicated hauler drivers you're probably gonna need a third if not four <laughs> I mean, for the love of god to, to, to handle drivers you're out driving the drivers 
Yeah, and, and, and that, I mean, that's the thing. You're right, Elliot. There is a lot of travel there. Now, here's the thing that gets to me is they've switched up the schedule. They took Richmond out of the playoffs, which I hate to say it, but um, I they need to get away from Homestead. I just, I, I'm sorry, but find another track. Um get get away of that it should even be in the playoffs i think richmond makes a better playoff race i think you know i i I like phoenix being the challenging but i really think you know you made a point elliot uh, you know they used to start you know we talked about they used to start in california and in california well I think if they kick their season off with their first points race at Daytona, I really think the Daytona five, the, the Coke zero 400 should determine the championship, not who gets into the playoffs, determine the championship. Let you, you know, a lot of strategy goes into Daytona. And I think that would be a very interesting thing, but I, I, you know, I, I do like walking, you know, Watkins Glen is a week later, which I hate to say it. Um, they, you know, looking at, you know, looking at that, um, that might um, be that might be good for New York State. Um especially with the New York state fair going back to 13 days next year. So that won't impede with, with, with the fair. But I think the one thing I, I, you know, August and, and upstate New York and Ryan, you can attest to this the past few years, it's been in the nineties and it's just very humid. And I kind of wish they would move Watkins Glen to either a fall race or a early, a, a maybe like a, a, a mid-June race. I, I don't like that it's getting closer and closer to Labor Day weekend because it does get very hot, very humid up here, and it's a pain in the butt. The, the bet the, and if if we stick on this trend in New York State, you're gonna temperatures are gonna be in the 90s for that weekend. But I I mean I again I don't you know I I'd like gateway on there. I think that's really good. Um essentially it's a Darlington but flatter. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, and, but I, I just kind of question a a few things there. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, well, it's funny you, you, you bring that up. It's funny you bring up gateway, David, because, um, I think gateway actually is kind of a somewhat similar to a Phoenix and one could maybe even make an argument that uh, Nashville Super Speedway isn't much different either, right? But, That's but a, look I think at, one but, but where I gave Darlington the reference, I mean the the egg shape. That is true. So there's 
there seems to be a shift away from the mile and a half. So notice that we're not going to Chicago again this this coming year. Um, matter of fact, there's more talk about um, the Chicagoland property uh, playing host to the Chicago Bears than they are, uh, you know, auto racing anytime soon. So there's that. Um, but there seems to be a shift away from the cookie cutters in favor of maybe some, some of these shorter tracks. So instead of mile and a half, we're going to mile and a quarters, mile and a thirds, right? Um, you know, Darlington's 1.366, right? So, um, so there's that. Um, another thing is, you know, um, and yeah, Gateway played host to, you know, a heck of a, um, you know, some, some really good racing here over the years. And it's, it's good on them to have an opportunity to see what they can, can do for a cup weekend. So that's, that's a good one. Another good one, I think is, you know, even though we've kind of maligned some of the um, specific events, um, there's definitely a continued push to diversify the different types of tracks on the schedule um, and maintain that in 2022. You know, how many road courses are we going to this coming year? Again, um, I think that's a great thing for the sport. I think it's shown that there's some really excellent racing. I think it really brings out the natural talent of these drivers and they've answered the call. I mean, there's been some amazing racing that's happened on road courses. So I'm, I'm very happy that we're, we're doing more of that. And even then, you know, we talk about, you know, the mile and a half, you know, we're, um, me personally, I'm a fan of Homestead. I like uh, Homestead and I like that, um, you know, even though Atlanta is getting a repave, they've, you know, that's been a um, traditionally been a racetrack where, you know, it's been car and driver, both. And it hasn't been, you know, more car and engineering, which has been, you know, let's be honest, more, um, more often than not, what has driven success another mile and a half tracks. I like how we're starting to see more attention being paid to tracks that require braking, as opposed to being in the throttle all day. So I think that's a positive. I, I uh, agree with you on that. Okay. Um, Ryan, what do you think? I agree with you, Elliot. I like the more diverse types of tracks, different styles, different shapes. The increased number of road courses makes me happy as a well-known road course fan. And it's a sort of thing. It definitely makes the drivers stay on their toes a lot more than just having the same shape over and over again, just of slightly different length. Hmm. And I, I think that has proven itself to lead to some more interesting racing and some more unpredictable outcomes. So I have no problem with that whatsoever. Very good. But I talked about, we talked before about shooting each toe off, right? And mm -hmm. carrying on with that analogy, there's one more that we haven't talked about to this point. And it's something that we touched on after the infamous Formula One race, quote unquote, you know, or lack thereof, in Spa a few weeks ago. And that was the fact that there was so little flexibility built into the Formula One schedule that they had to do what they did there. And 
I look at this schedule and again, we go from mid-February in Daytona for the 500 through early November for Phoenix with one off weekend in there. We're assuming that Mother Nature is going to be extremely generous. And again, we, you know, that we just finished talking a minute ago about how much travel is going to be involved and how much, you know, how challenging the logistics are going to be this coming year um, to be able to get cars, teams, personnel, drivers from track to track. We haven't even talked about Mother Nature yet. Well, we did a little bit ago, but in terms of the macro, you know, if we have a situation like we had in uh, at Texas last fall, where you just had, you know, rain out after rain out after rain out, and I think they went until what Wednesday to get yeah. that race in, yeah, and then they had to turn right around and hightail. I forget where they went to next, but that was an absolute logistical nightmare for those teams. And you're assuming that you're going to be able to get every single one of those race weekends done by, you know, the end of Tuesday, you know, and 99% of the time that happens, but there's that 1% it doesn't. And, you know, we've, I think there have been a few occasions where they've just had to say the heck with it and move the, the race to another weekend entirely. I, I agree with you, Ellie. I mean, there's no flexibility. I mean, one off weekend is it is a nightmare. It's, you know, it's essentially the halfway point of the season. Oh, we're going to give you a halfway break. Well, yeah, but what happens if you rain a race out? What happens if you rain two out? Where do you make those up? Um, you know, are you going to say, well, we can't, we're going to make these up um, after, you know, the season finale and they're essentially going to be non-points race because we may have decided the championship. I, you know, what, you know, where do you, where do you make it up? And yeah, the logistics, I mean, it, it, it would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare to say, hey, we're going, you know, we're, we, you know, we're raining out at, you know, Circuit of Americas and, but we got to be back at Richmond or Bristol because, you know, you rain out, you're trying to run it the next few days, but you got to get your speedway car ready for Talladega. And that's the one other thing that Bob Pockers has mentioned. I, I saw in a tweet that they're still trying to decide what races are going to have qualifying and practice formats. So if you don't have a practice format at, let's say, You've got a a practice, you know, let's take an example here. Um, uh, let's see. Um, let's take Gateway. And you got to be in Sonoma with a road course car. And so Gateway, they're, they've, they decide to do the me- metric. Um 
because it's a track that maybe they're they're a little hesitant about, you know, with the next gen cars or something with that. But they're going to do qualifying practice in Sonoma because it's a road course. You know, we how where do you make the cutoff? And on top of it, you've got race weekends with the Xfinity guys or the trucks or both of them. So where do you make those those sacrifices? I I agree. Ryan, your, your thoughts? Well, in a nutshell, based on the way that NASCAR has made the schedule this year, there is no place to make up these races. If they can't get a race done, it's gone. And they're going to have to accept that as being a real possibility. Because as you mentioned, like, what about doing an after the championship? Life, you think that nobody cares about the Pro Bowl? People will care even less about those races. So the cold, hard reality of it is, if Mother Nature decides <laughs> you're not racing this weekend, that race is gone. It's yeah. really that simple. It's especially with Daytona. I mean, look at Daytona and you have to be out of California. My thought is, is maybe what they need to do is say, we're only going to allow practice and qualifying at certain tracks the super speedways the dirt track at at bristol and maybe worldwide maybe gateway um you know limit it to a few tracks and for the other ones or in, in california because that's you know that whole facelift they got but Maybe limit, you know, maybe say, okay, this is how we're going to determine the order. We're going to do the metric, but maybe we'll make it up a little bit more interesting. Maybe the top 20 who, who the finishing order of the top 20, we're going to invert. And that's going to be your starting 20 based, you know, in the next race. And we'll metric out the rest. Um, or maybe we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll base it on points a little bit and kind of, you know, maybe invert based on points or something, or, you know, I, you know, I hate to say, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of like the metrics that they're doing because I think it's making it more interesting, especially with getting all the playoff drivers up there, um, you know, to make it interesting. But, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting because there is that chatter of there is good, you know, they want to have a few more practices and qualify. Yep. But with the, with the next-gen car, you, you got to do that. I think they, they may need to do that. We'll kind of see what happens. Indeed. Very much so, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, any other points that y'all wanted to make? I think I've about uh, gone through all mine. I've gone, I've gone through mine. Yep, I've cleared my list of talking points. Well, so I think we've outlined the potential good, potential bad, and potential ugly for 2022. But here's hoping it's all good and 
you know, they get what they want out of the exhibition race in Los Angeles. Here's hoping the Bristol dirt race goes off without a hitch this time. And same with the circuit of the Americas also. And hopefully 2022 is a season where all of these new things that are coming into the sport come together in a really wonderful way. And we get to see this thing that we all love so much build and to better days ahead. So with that, um, this is Elliot Tardif saying thank you very much listening to our bonus episode this evening. And we'll catch you on our next regular episode, which uh, should be episode number 30. Thank you very much. I'm David Mahdi. Thank you for listening to our bonus episode. And we'll hear we um, we'll talk to you on episode 30. And this is Ryan Kolpak. Thank you for listening to our bonus episode. Let's all go into the next NASCAR season, hoping that mad hope for good things. And we will catch you on episode 30. This is From Checker to Grief.